Get them. Well, how about the Nazis uh, marching through Nashville? What the fuck? Come on. I knew someone there that particular week visiting, and I'm like, I... so you're wondering why I want to live in another country? I don't wonder why. That's that's not a terrorist group. Mm-hmm, I know. It's like they're just walking, just like the cowards that they are, and it, faces, faces covered, covered, spewing hate. You know, like where is that normal here? Mm-hmm. In the same place where you expel the two black members of your uh, legislative body during, naturally, Black History Month, <laughs> we have neo-Nazis marching down the fucking street. Like, it's a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about this. <laughs> Welcome to Pushing Past Polite. Welcome to Pushing Past Polite. <laughs> Where we say the quiet part out loud. Where we talk about what matters. Where we talk about what matters. And make the world more just. Make the world more just. I'm Laura. I'm Corey. We're glad you're here. Sorry, everyone. I have something going on with my voice. I was doing some trainings this week, traveling. So you guys get my... Your uh, tenor voice. My tenor voice. Your very white <laughs> Corey version. Right, I'm here right. for it. My Barilla White. Oh, she, what would a, bar- a girl with a version <laughs> of Barilla the pasta? <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. Berries. Yeah, no, I don't know what a... Yeah, that's not an easy name to make feminine. I'm Barietta White. Barietta. There you go. We got to leave the full berry. Once you start messing with the Y. Yeah. It's done works Yeah, so well. right. Barietta White. So if... I never would have thought growing up ever, 10 years ago, 15, 20 years ago, that it would be a question about whether or not the Constitution would be challenged. And by that, I mean, like, challenging the outcomes of an election, or the right to bodily autonomy, or like, I never, I've always said, well, that would never happen here. That couldn't happen here because of this, or we have this, or the Supreme Mm -hmm. Court isn't biased, or all these, you know, or is impartial, or is, um, you know, apolitical. Look where we are. Yeah. Okay. We've got a court in Alabama deciding that embryos are humans, are babies. Uh-huh. And people are fucking panicking. As they should. This is terrifying. Exactly. This is terrifying. Yes. That 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 yeah, embryos through IVF that aren't even in anyone's body. That are not even all viable. That are all viable, that are frozen somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and let's not forget in Texas. Where a man forced his wa- his wife or girlfriend to take, to take the ab- the abortion pill, the abortion pill, and he got what like 180 days, 18 months or something, 180 days in jail. Yeah. Meanwhile, a doctor who's performing an abortion because it's necessary to save the life of reasons. the mother is going to jail and losing their license. Give me a break. Yeah. And the woman who's having the abortion, same thing, is like going to jail for years. Yeah. And again, I recognize that I was naive in thinking this, right? As a white young mm-hmm. girl growing up and thinking this country was made for me because it was in a lot of ways, right? Yeah. Um, that some of these things were a given, that this could never happen here. I never have to worry about a Vladimir Putin type dictator in our lifetime. I never have to worry about that because that's not what America is. 
Well, guess what? We're on a really dangerous precipice in general. And I mean, Donald Trump is is a known threat as far as I'm concerned. It's a known threat. But I got to tell you, not real excited to cast a vote the other direction either with complicity and genocide. Am I going to if it comes down to these two? I may have to. That's my personal decision I need to think through. But I'm just saying that the things that I thought were a given here are becoming less and less a given. Where you have this amazing experiment and, in American democracy and what self-rule looks like. And it's not going well. No. Right now. Mm-mm. Because we're being undermined in so many ways by so many forces about this me and mine. Keeping power. Keeping power. And that's the part, the me and mine. Who is that me and mine, right? It's a very small group of people. I think about even just our taxes, the way that we get taxed and the use of our tax money, right? Like you and me, our threshold of income is bearing the brunt of the tax burden, right? People, we're technically making more money than people our parents did and all of this stuff. And it's like, we're still managing our money very closely in order to be able to make ends meet, right? Meanwhile, billionaires mm-hmm. are are just getting more rich. With more and more options for, for evading the tax. With more and more options and ways to get rich, mm-hmm. to maintain and hold their money, not being taxed down. It's like, if you have twenty billion and you're taxed a billion, you still have nineteen billion. That's a lot of bees. Do you really need nineteen billion? That's a lot of bees. It is. And you know what I'm don't saying? Don't forget, Citizens United. Their corporation that they're running is also a person, right? Was was that's what that's what the Supreme Court said that their that speech money is speech, and this whole idea is mind blowing that you can have embryos with rights as humans, you can have corporations with this right because money is speech, and you can't restrict this and then but what about me if i got accidentally pregnant or had actual person like a a pregnancy that was not viable or something that was going to kill me i don't have the right to make a decision about that Uh, all this do we want to go this direction or do we want to talk about the moving abroad part all i think that all of this has to do with the idea of moving abroad yes this lays the backdrop for why this this like lays the backdrop the fact that like healthcare isn't free and accessible here, but in so many other first world countries that what we consider first world countries, even countries we consider second world countries, it has free available healthcare to all of its citizens. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, people are moving from job to job to job in order to maintain healthcare mm-hmm. and health coverage, mm-hmm. right? We're things like we're requiring people to have degrees but we don't want to forgive the loans that they took out to get said degrees. Mm-hmm. How about childcare? Childcare is like out astronomically out of this world. I th- the like people are working to just pay their childcare. Like this is a conversation Daniel and I had when we were starting our family because, you know, my oldest is only 4 years old. It was like should I keep my job? Let's calculate what childcare is annually and see if I would just be working to pay childcare or if in working, we would be able to also afford some other things. Mm-hmm. 
And then, but that's a conversation that so many people are having. And it's a privileged conversation to even consider staying home. Like, does this make sense? Right. So that's one thing. The other piece of this totally is that women disproportionately are the ones who are choosing to stay home if of the two parents. Right. This assumes a heterosexual heteronormative frame. And I'm sorry, but I'm just saying in general, women tend to bear the brunt of child care roles. Right. And so if that's the mm-hmm. case, that's going to face that you're going to now face a disadvantage in terms of reentry to the workforce in terms of how, what age Mm -hmm. you can be when you retire. Especially because the value uh, of women's work, mothering Mm -hmm. and working in the home is so inadequate. It's, it's not, people don't act like it's an actual job, even though it's like a ton of labor, more than a typical 40 hour a week job. My God. So, you know, there's disadvantage and advantage here in that whole calculus. But when you see... Oh, and the other part is community. (laughs) Yes. 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 Right? The other part is community. Yes. Where we all live in our little houses. And in some places, people come outside and you're like, you guys have neighbors who are around similar ages. Mm -hmm. And so you guys interact and can play and ride bikes, which is what it was like when I was growing up. Right? We didn't have that in our last home, though. Right. That's what I'm saying. In so many situations, you don't have that. You don't have your family with you, that like that extended family, that village idea. You're living in communities where you don't have a network of people. And so like you're just out here floating, figuring it out by yourself, you and your partner and your little your little family unit. And that's what's pushed toward us. Right. People move to get jobs. People need jobs to have health care. And so, like, you have these little family units that are moving around trying to just get make ends meet, make sure everyone has coverage and all this kind of stuff. Pay for the child care. Pay for the house. Pay for the child care. Pay for the apartment if we can't afford a house because the cost of living has gone up so much, right? That it's hard to have the extra energy or time or resources to then invest in spending time in leisure and connecting with people. It's all connected. It's all connected. So I Googled this morning, like, best country, most family-friendly country, right? And this is U.S. News and World oh, Reports, yeah. right? And yeah. I'm not, I, I'm not, I've not done a deep dive, clearly, if I just Googled it this morning, on the methods, but it's all outlined here. Mm-hmm. Would you like to know, like, where the U.S. ranks? Any guesses? Oh, I, yeah, I already do. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, uh, it, when I reloaded the page, it's making me open up more. I want to say it was 25th or 26th. So mm-hmm. again, then, then of course, I'm like, okay, so where? Yeah, 24th, 24th. I was wrong on 25 or 26th. Top countries, Italy, Sweden, New Zealand, Canada, Australia, Denmark. Wait, all places? Portugal. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Ireland, Norway, Netherlands, Finland, Spain, Switzerland, Portugal, Greece, Belgium. Mm-hmm. Austria, France, mm-hmm. United Kingdom, Germany, mm-hmm. Poland, Luxembourg, mm-hmm. Japan, Turkey, mm-hmm. all above the U.S. So then I add another layer to my search because I, I look for where black fit people are welcome. That is where I can, st- I will tell you as a white woman, I am le- there's less of a push factor for me to leave with my kids compared to what I can only imagine you experience, right? Mm-hmm. If I were marginalized here and not wanted here and not accepted here and got looks and got comments you that would be a bigger push factor for me for sure mm-hmm. and being in a place mm-hmm. where you feel more like you you feel more integrated into the culture 
there's, you know, you're, you're not necessarily minoritized would have such a different feel. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah, duh. exactly. That's it. That's it. And we have like multiracial kids. And so they blend in everywhere. Right. Like my husband looks everyone. No one knows where he's from. It's like name a place with brown people. <laughs> and uh, I'm not kidding. I, no, I'm, I'm like literally not he kidding. He is absolutely like, racially ambiguous. People come Cannot up tell. to him. Yes. People come up to him speaking all different languages, Spanish, Arabic, Hindu, huh. like you name like, it for real. I believe that you name it. Italian. It's they got one cool. right. <laughs> they got one right. Because he's really because his mom is Italian. So he so when we were in Italy for that one night. Wait, when was this? It was like pre kids, right? When I was I was pregnant with the first one. We went. It was his birthday. We were in Paris for Bastille Day uh, with my parents. That is so cool. And then we we had a 23-hour layover in Rome. Did you just go ride some escalators and people movers like you do with kids when you're in a layover? No, we we got off the plane. We got a hotel. We had a nice dinner. We went on the on and off bus. We saw the Colosseum. We had gelato. Like, it was wonderful. But he looked, he blended right in. You know what I mean? Like, he looked like he belonged mm. there. And people would speak to him in Italian. Mm. When we were there, right? That's so cool. But same, we were in El Salvador. We go when we're in Mexico. Like people are are talking to him. Uh, we were we've been stopped on the street before, and people are like, "Oh, my brother, where are you from?" He's got cultural chameleon qualities. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you feel, yeah. Again, don't let me put words in your mouth. You never do. You you called me to it, but. Um, it's as if you feel more at home in those spaces. And I don't know if he would agree, but he probably does. Then he would hear where people say, where are you really from? I would say, I would say it's the opposite, which I find to be mm. kind of interesting. Because I love cultures and language and literature and art. And, you know, like I'm trying to take my Spanish again and, and get back into that. Because I'm like, if I can learn Spanish, then I can learn Italian. If I can learn Italian, then I can get back to French. And, you know, like, I love that. And so I would love to have an experience for my children where they have this immersion, immersion. Yep. in language, a culture, whole language, culture, and see how other people live for myself too, right? It's like, we have this assumption that you know, people just like live like how we live. But then if you start talking to people, even across this own, this country, the United States, you talk, start talking to people, you realize how vast and varied people's experiences are and, and what their expectations are and what their needs are and like the things that they value. And and so I would love to give my kiddos an opportunity to have an immersive experience to see other things to to grow up in a way where they know that this is not the only way things are. For better and for worse. For better and for worse. For better and for right. worse. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. But having that exposure is huge. Like one of my friends was in the Navy and he was a single dad. And so his daughter was with him 
you know, and they lived all over the world. And so she, by the time she was like in high school, she spoke four languages. That is wealth. That is real. That kind of literacy is such wealth. That's real wealth. Once she got to high school, they came back to the States and they settled here. And so she's been here ever since. That's what I'm talking about. Being able to have perspective. Being able to have perspective, being able to have just like lived experience, not just some version, particularly as an English teacher and the attack on literature right now. Right. So it's like, who knows what my kids are even going to be able to have access to when they're prosecuting uh, librarians. I know. West Virginia, this bill is being moved forward. Mm -hmm. It's being moved forward. This is what I'm talking about. But it's like once it takes root in one state, that gives the gives it legs in other states. Just like the abortion issue. Right. Just like the abortion Mm -hmm. issue that gives it spread. Just like the gerrymandering that's happening in a lot of places with the redistricting of uh, of voting communities, right? Where we're reducing the number of, of polls available in certain communities and hours in which they're open. So people have to travel mm-hmm. a much greater distance in order to cast a vote. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's that same, that's all to me, all connected. Yeah. And it's all rooted in white supremacy culture. Which we need to talk about sometimes soon. <laughs> yeah for sure but it's 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 like it's all connected in that way mm-hmm. it is it is so i can see and and going to to what kids learn like what would be the the benefits and drawbacks right so we're already identifying this idea of belonging and uh again not having the weird baggage of your ancestors building this country with their literal blood and sweat and tears right and and to be denied that reality to have people not even be able to talk about that to suddenly being in a country where you don't have that same, not that there isn't racism everywhere and, sl- you know, all of that. Because there is. There's anti-blackness Absolutely. everywhere. Absolutely. Yeah, true. Which is why I do the search around black expats, mm-hmm. right? Like not just Amer- U.S. No, we need to know. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I need it. I need I need to get that feedback. Yes, you too. do. So you'd have the kind of the separation from that, uh, that like weird cognitive dissonance here, which would be amazing. Mm-hmm. You would have, uh, in theory, healthcare, education. Uh, you know, of course, you'd have to childcare child if care. we need that. Yes, higher taxes, sure, perhaps. But guess what? Take my money. Yeah, if I don't need to worry about I'm not that, putting it out in all these other places, yeah. right? Community. It's like I'm still winning. <laughs> yep, keep going. The balance of the scales is still there, right? Yeah. So, what would be some of the things that you feel like you would miss or lose? leaving the U.S. And maybe it's a shorter Just like, list. you know, I don't know. The people here, you know, you have fam. I have family here. There's they're not all nearby, but they're still within the United States. It's a plane flight away with a real ID and not a passport, even though everybody in my family has passports. So that's kind of a gift. But the frequency in which I would be able to see mm-hmm. them would That'd be a definitely decline. That would be a trade off for sure. Um, the language, right? If we move to another place, being able to communicate with people and learn the language. My husband's an electrician and so, and we own businesses. And so it's always the thought of how would that work? Would we try to sustain his businesses in the United States? Like, would we, would we work to build those businesses out enough that 
we could sustain them. And he's traveling regularly, coming here, mm. you know, one week a month or, you know, whatever it is, two weeks every two months or something uh, to kind of touch base and be connected with the projects and the work? Or would he try to do something different over there? Mm. You know, that sort of stuff. Uh, you know, we, we found that the most seamless way to transition is to have some sort of sponsorship, whether it's uh, through a job, through the government. There are some cities within various countries that are inviting people to come, mm -hmm. right? They're their populations are declining and they want people to come and they are providing incentives for people to come and move there. So that kind of stuff, like you started saying before we started recording, like the logistics oh gosh, piece of yeah. it. But I am thinking about it's not permanent. So this is how I think about it, right? It's like, I moved from California to D.C. to go to college. I was there for four years. I moved back to California. I didn't like it there. I moved back to D I moved to Arizona. I moved to D.C. Like mm -hmm. there is I feel like there is this barrier that people create around moving to another country when we do this kind of stuff all the time yep. for a different purpose. Right. It's like this is part of the lifestyle of being a educated American is people move mm -hmm. like that's just something you we do. People move for work. People move for their education. So what's the difference between moving from a beach culture to the East Coast where there's four seasons and it's hard to get to the water? Mm -hmm. That's clean and you want to get in. Yeah, your life right? experiences have primed you well for this. Your bravery in your younger days are going to serve you well in this kind of a transition. I, in contrast, moved one time from with my family as a kid from one state to another and then have lived the rest of my life in this state. I have moved around in mm -hmm. this state, right? I've moved a little bit, but I'm still only about an hour from where I graduated high school. Right. And right. Every, it's funny. It's funny because just this um, last weekend, we took the kids snow tubing, which was really fun. Um, thank God. No, zero concussions. Zero concussions. I was very worried. Um, it was a really good time. But there were a lot of international staff that were working it that were sponsored, similar, just like what you're saying, probably on like a J-1 visa mm -hmm. program. Um, but there were two <laughs> the girls helping me was blonde hair, blue eyed. And it said like it would say on all their tags, like Santiago from Argentina or Whatever their name is. Right. And this girl, her name, whatever it was, Katie, I don't know. And it said Branson, Missouri. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> exotic Branson. I said, this is. And so I was asking her about it. And she said that she and her husband had just moved here to Stewart's Drafts area. So like close to the, where the ski resort was. And she said, you know, I've lived a lot of different places. She says, but I can't get over how friendly and kind people are here in Virginia. Mm -hmm. And and again, I, and I've heard that from a lot of people that have lived lots of other places that say like, you know, we've lived lots they of other white. Yeah, lots of other white people. Uh, yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> lots of other places and people here are really kind. And or this is the place, this is the only place I'd raise kids or whatever. And so for me, I think it's more the opportunity cost of what would I give up? Like I have a relatively good thing here, right? But you don't know what you you don't know don't what you would know. gain. I don't know what the trade off is. You're absolutely right. And that's the part right. that would keep me. I would let me visit you in Portugal and make up my mind. 
but I'm not going to be the one of the two of us that's going to lead off, right? I just renovated my kitchen. Yeah, I'm going right. to be here a little bit. You know what I mean? I'm trying to cook it. I want to cook a little. And those are those are other conversations we're having about like, you know, so now Daniel is more interested. I wouldn't say he's like on board, but he's he's more open to this possibility. Mm-hmm. And I said to his mother when we were there, I said, so if we moved to Italy, would you come? She's like, well, I think I would just have to. (laughs) Twist my damn arm. (laughs) Yeah. No, and people would, oh my God, how cool would that be to visit, right? I'm sure we'd get, we'd have to have a guest room. Right. We, right. So it's, so it's also just, you don't know. So when I, I grew up moving, I guess, right? So when I was born, I was born in Nashville, Tennessee, which is why that what was happening there is so infuriating mm-hmm. or adds to the the the, the injury pain of that. and rage, yep. I guess, of it, the injury of it. And then we lived in Gary, Indiana for 11 Exotic months. Exotic Gary, Indiana. Gary, Indiana. But it was really cool because we were close to Chicago. We would go to Lake Michigan. And so we had this whole Midwest experience. It wasn't very long. I That's where I was in a school where I learned to speak French or I started to learn how to speak French. And then we moved to Los Angeles and we lived in Los Angeles, like in the city in an area called like Windsor Hills. And then we moved out to the Inland Empire uh, because that's where my dad's job was. And he had been commuting from Los Angeles to the Inland Empire. That is a really magical name. The Inland Empire? The Inland Empire. It sounds like Ooh. it's in Game of Thrones or a place on That's a map a like the Ottoman Empire and Napoleon <laughs> that I don't know about. I'm going to be Googling. <laughs> the IE. The the IE. It's not exotic at all. Okay. Exotic um, IE. Not even close, right? No. And so, like, by the time I was, like, nine years old, we had lived, or ten years old maybe, we had lived in four different cities. Mm-hmm. And then I, but I stayed there, like my parents still live in that house, you know, that's 40, 35 years, 30 something years now, 30 years. And then I went to college. Across the country. Oh, right. In between, in between Tennessee and Indiana, actually, we lived in Maryland. We lived in Adelphi because my dad was doing his residency at Howard. So we went Tennessee, Maryland, DC, Maryland. We lived in DC for a little bit at my aunt's house. Then we moved into House at Adelphi, which back, a side note, hilarious random fact. Mm-hmm. Pam, who I talked yeah, about in the last episode. Auntie sister cousin. Auntie sister friend. Auntie sister, Auntie sister cousin. cousin. Auntie sister cousin. Turns out she lived up the street when <gasps> we lived there. Like. That's cool. Like legit. You too. Like there was, we lived, there was a hill that went down and it flattened out. And there was a street with houses on one side. And then there was a creek, a street with houses on the other side. And then it went back up the hill. And she lived at the street at the top of the hill on the other side. That is wild. That is wild. Wild. And she's like probably equally close now. Anyway, but like we we moved a little bit. And so, and then I lived in Arizona. So I've been, and then I was an athlete. And so I've traveled in 40 and basketball too. I probably set foot Wait in. Wait a minute. You played basketball too? Uh-huh. You bitty little thing? Mm-hmm. You were like the Muggsy Bows? I played, I, yeah, I, well, I mean, I played basketball like from fourth grade into like my sophomore year of high school. <laughs> Until light mattered. And, <laughs> but 
my travel basketball person, Coach Coach Floyd, was like, I used to be running so fast that I would go up the walls. Oh, my God. During the basketball games. Because you needed to stop and you'd hit the end of the gym? Because I couldn't stop oh and God. I would hit the end of the gym. So I would, like, run up the wall. And so he was always like, yeah, Corey, I think you should, we should be hearing from you in track. And so I started running track. But that enabled you. And to, then I went to college on a, on a track scholarship. And that enabled you to do all the traveling. See, this is so interesting. I knew you lived in Nashville. I knew that you lived uh, maybe one other place before California. You knew I lived in Maryland. I think maybe. You knew that. But I knew in your adult yeah. life you had even made moves, right? From 18 on. As if that's adult, but like mm-hmm. from in the time that you could move independently, I knew that you had. So your life experiences and that culture of moving from your your family of origin, right, probably influenced your willingness and your bravery in moving in your young adulthood. My family, everybody had, you know, it was all centered in New York, New Jersey. My family, my nuclear family of origin moved to Virginia and it was very traumatic, it was very Can dramatic. you also, can you just explain that to people really What's quick? That? Everyone doesn't get that. What do you mean? New York, New Jersey. New York, New Jersey. Saying it like that. New York, New Jersey. Like what that means. What does that mean to you? Like, so like. like in the area that's kind of like commuter bed, like uh, bedroom community to New York City. Yeah. Well, but also I do have relatives in New York. So it's kind of like New York slash New Jersey and New York and New Jersey. Like it's both. But yes. Yeah. I'm um, totally yeah. You're right. I thought you were going to say explain family of origin. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. No, no. Like there's a there's, there's a, a part of like New York, New Jersey. It's like that is New York, New Jersey. That you're 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 ebbing and flowing between there's the two. There's a tunnel. You're, you're hot, there. You can, there's a tunnel. Yes, it's like that bridge and tunnel mentality. Yes, mentality. That's like you're not a New Yorker. You live in New Jersey, but you are New York, New that's Jersey. That's exactly New right. Jersey, that's New York. exactly right. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's the, that's yes. the explanation I was going So, for. yeah, so our family moved here. <laughs> talk about culture shock, right? Jersey to Virginia. My dad was in sales. My dad had a terrible adjustment to the good old boy network. Mm-hmm, I could see that. Despite being a white man. He was a white Jewish man who's very loud and intense. And he didn't fit in here. He didn't play the role. He did not kiss the ring. It didn't work. And um, had a very, I yeah, I won't even, it was, it was dark. There were some times where I, uh, he considered some pretty dark things in terms of like, I don't think I can provide oh, for man. my family here anymore. It was rough. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is my frame. We moved once. It was scary. So my, it's, yeah. I had never thought about this before this conversation, that my willingness mm-hmm. to up and go is probably less than yours. Like I'm not as brave. And my husband has been in the same job since he was in college. Right out of college. He's not a no risk taker. He ain't moving anywhere. Oh, yeah, I know that. Right. But that's the same with my husband. It's been in different locations, but it's the same job. Yeah. He's been doing electrical work since then. And what brought him here was a family member. Mm, that's right. Right. So it's like he moved here to work with his uncle. Mm-hmm. And so he that There's was the his... sponsorship of sorts. Right. Like we're talking about. That's a sponsorship. Transition. Exactly. Exactly. There's a sponsorship. And so I've done a lot more kind of, well, you you all know me enough, right? It's like, if the universe wills it so, I guess I just need to roll with it and see where it takes me, mm-hmm. right? And Our podcast recording hours will get a little tricky, but I promise to wake up early for you. Yeah, but I feel like who, we know someone else who like moved, worked with, maybe not you, Maybe you don't know. Like, do I? I? I'll have to think about it. She worked. She worked with us. Yes. 
I know exactly who you're talking about, packed up her whole family of four children, saved up money, and they rented out their house and they traveled for yes. upwards of 18 months. Yes. And they only bought tickets for the first leg and they were just going to see what happened yes. afterwards. My exactly. mind is blown. My anxiety is through the roof just thinking about that. And she was still working with us. Mm. Like that, What when you just said, because I had a meeting with her. I remember it was, I had a meeting with her and it was like nighttime there. Oh, we like had that, when you that. just said the tricky recording, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that prompted me to think about her and us talking. And she wanted to write a book and she needed that like brain space to not be here. And that's the other thing that I think is beginning to wear on me is the trap of capitalism here. And it's like becoming so egregious and blatant and disgusting, right? Where like everything, you know, you go it, there. It's, it feels like it's almost at the place where you do self-checkout at the grocery store and they're asking for a tip. <laughs> well, I've seen you post funny things on social media where it's like somebody opens their front door puts their phone on their doormat and then pulls their foot right in because it's like as soon as you walk out of your house you're spending $34 for this yeah. 85 for this blah, 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 exactly blah, 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 blah. exactly and the thing that's funny about this I think everyone should know this because I was Daniel is a reader he's like very cerebral and so I was like WTF with all this tipping like and he said this is actually being pushed by the credit card companies because there it's an opportunity for them to make three more cents on the dollar, mm. 10 more cents on the dollar. So if you're tipping for whatever, mm -hmm. that tip through your credit card is allowing MasterCard and Visa or Barclays to take a, an additional cut, an increased cut. And so what used to be just tipping at a restaurant or something when someone was actually providing you with consistent service, now you go get a coffee and it's like, Starts at 20 percent, 20 percent, 22 percent, 25 percent. And then it's like, why aren't we just paying people fucking that's living wages? I, was, I thought that's the direction you were going to go is it's not just the credit card companies trying to get a cut. This is the corporation saying we'll pay our people a less, a lower base wage because they'll make tips. So it's this whole it's all connected. It's all connected. But that goes back to like that capitalism push, yeah. right? It's just like you're as the credit card company. And as the corporation, you're trying to keep more money in your pocket and at the expense of the consumer all the time. Or the worker or the worker. And the yeah. worker. But they're also a consumer. Mm -hmm. Right. So we're hemorrhaging money in taxes. We're hemorrhaging money to pay child care bills. We're hemorrhaging money to pay for insurance. We're hemorrhaging money to pay for the car insurance that you're required to have if you have a vehicle. And the health insurance. We're hemorrhaging with, money. Probably, yeah. To, mm -hmm. Yep. Right. And we need to be paying the wages for the people who are doing work in your company. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're supplementing their wages, which I'm not mad about that part. I think people should be able to afford to live. But the billionaires back to the fucking billionaires. Mm -hmm. With a Why B. do you need to be a billionaire, multi-billionaire? Many times Not over. just like you have one billion, billions many times over. But the people who work in your companies, I am supplementing their income. Hmm. And I'm not any kind of nair. I'm not a nair at all. Oh, oh, billionaire, millionaire. I was like, what? Billionaire, what is like, millionaire. No, you're not. No. Um, <laughs> no, I remember seeing, again, this is, I found, a, there was a funny meme on this. Teresa, you posted this recently. It made me laugh. It was something about um, 
I read this thing recently and it's like, actually, you saw a TikTok. <laughs> but I did. I saw either a TikTok or an Instagram reel or something where a woman who had moved abroad said, you know, in the U.S., uh, all the things that I needed, I had to pay for. Now that I'm living in, I forget where she was, somewhere in Europe. Everything is built into my day. So, for example, you need to work out. You have to buy a gym membership or buy a Peloton or buy a whatever. Whereas in Europe, she walks to work, right? Right. In, you know, you want to play for a play date or have your kid go to the little kid gym or all these little activity classes versus the city is built in such a way that you have these common spaces, these third places where you don't need to pay and you just can be. And, you know, this idea of community and all of this. And so she was giving example after example of how we have commodified what we need to live. Everything what we Everything. need to live. And then our food is killing us at the same time. Right. So it's like the things that we allow in our food would never other countries have banned. Right. And I, I always go back to McDonald's French fries. There are 11 ingredients in the McDonald's French fries in the USA. It should be oil, potatoes and salt. And salt. That's what it is everywhere else, which also means that you have the recipe for a less murderous version of your food, yet because it's probably somehow cheaper to infuse it with all of these chemicals. Or more addictive. Or more addictive or whatever, that's what you serve us. And then we have to pay for gym membership. We have all this diabetes And our government's okay with it. Our, I, mm -hmm. I know. Oh, it's been a journey. I feel like we went around the world. But it's like, but don't... But don't t don't enjoy any cannabis. <laughs> You're going to go to prison for that. But ingest all these other chemicals for We're sure. We're really worried about the chemicals in your system, except for the other 11 in your fries. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I am proud of you for thinking outside of the box. And I'm excited. I mean, like you always push me and I love it. And I am excited to have a front row seat in our friendship to see what ends up happening. And you know, I'll be in Portugal visiting your ass. Like there's not a question or wherever you go. Um, and I want to get more brave about it. My husband did say recently, uh, we thought there was a chance we were going to be going to going abroad, like in the near term. And we're not anymore. But he said, you know, I really want to move forward with the passports with the kids. And yes, I think for all the reasons for, for opening adventures and doors for this, that we could go at a moment's notice, but also for the scarier things, it might be a wise it might just be wise to have. Um, so that's going to be my next small step. How about that? You know me and baby That steps. sounds good. I mean, and having a passport, that just opens the door already, right? Yep. So I was telling my parents how, you know, my kids are little. And they've been to almost as many places as Daniel. It's pretty impressive. It's awesome. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, mm -hmm. you guys really value travel and do that a lot, too, which I think is wonderful. I don't say I don't know if it's a we thing or or a me thing. He he's he's reluctant, Larry. A lot of the time. <laughs> well, as we say in the big fat Greek wedding, we're always going to come back to that, right? The man he's at the head, but the woman she's the neck. And the woman is the and neck. She can move the head any way she wants it to go. <laughs> uh, that's like one of the best lines. It, I use that thing regularly. I love it. It's so true. You don't need meat. It's such a great one. I make you laugh. What you mean you don't eat no meat? <laughs> That's okay. I make lamb. I used to have a twin. 
She was, I found her and in my neck. She's <laughs> my neck. Crazy Aunt Tula. God bless her. Um, yeah. Let's keep talking about this. Let's keep talking about it and see yeah. what see what develops. At the very least, I will say I could see saving up money and taking an extended trip around the world to have the benefits of that culture and immersion and perspective um, without having to leave mm-hmm. my kitchen. <laughs> but again, I go back to it wouldn't have to be permanent. I know. Yes. And you're good about that. Again, our life experience difference. That's, you have that. Yeah. You have that freedom. I've That's, got roots and wings. I got this. And I'm like, I've got just deep roots. I'm terrified. Yeah. But it's like it wouldn't have to be permanent. It could be six months. It could yeah. be 18 months. It could be two years. It could just be until Huddy is ready for high school. And then we come back because we want him to have a consistent high school experience. Well, I better move in quick because he is growing fast. I know, but I'm saying like it could just be, uh, it could be a summer. Oh my God, stop. Now this is making it attainable and exciting. <gasps> I'm just saying it could just be that. It could be a summer. It could be one month being somewhere else. Mm. Okay, okay, okay. You, I've got the itch. I've got the itch. <laughs> it might be a rash. I don't know. It could be a twin. It might be a it rash. Be a I don't know. Get the cream. Get the ointment. Get the ointment. <laughs> the Windex. The Windex. Get the Windex. <laughs> These days, the little one, Jay, it's like whenever he gets hurt, he was like, oh, mommy, I need ointment and Band-Aid. Oh, Papa, give me my Neosporin. I need ointment and Band-Aid. My my Ellie used to call hydrocortisone. Whenever she'd get a bug bite, she went the hydrocortisone cream. Mm -hmm. Can you put hydrocorters on it? Hydrocorters on it. Hydrocorders on it. Hydrocorders on it. You put hydrocorders on it. Hydrocorders on it. Yeah, you better. It's it's, it's clearly real itchy, baby. You better put that on. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, last thing that's completely unrelated. If anybody who listens to us uh, watches Love is Blind season six has watched that. I know, Corey's, you know, remember how we said you have to have friends at your table who provide diverse things for you? That I come to you for this and I come to you for this. Corey is not my girl when it comes to trashy reality TV. No. And so if you are out there and you want to be someone to talk to me about Love is Blind season six, you know where to find me. That's all. Keith doesn't help either, does he? Love you, dude. No. You got better things to do with your time. I know. I know. Big grown yeah. man. Got stuff to do. Because love isn't blind, actually. It's fascinating. It's a fascinating. <laughs> You're right. The experiment has not gone well. Spoiler alert. <laughs> My favorite thing to watch about it, though. Love is very visual. Is. There's, there's a component there. I just love the falling in love part. Like, I love watching people just have conversation and really connect with each other. Maybe that's why we podcast. Yeah. I don't know. I just Maybe. have a soft spot yeah. for it. Everything that comes after is a hot mess once they meet in person. But um, anyway. All right. This has been lovely. Uh, and challenging. This has been lovely. And eye-opening and potentially even like inspiring to do to take a step to make a change or to have an experience, you know? Thank you. See? Start somewhere. Push past polite. That's it. That's what Talk we do. Talk about here. what matters. Talk about what matters. That's right. Make the world more just and say our motto at the same time. That's what we've been doing all day. <laughs> That's what we have been doing all day. All right. Well, I'm Laura. I'm Corey. Talk about what matters with your people. Thanks for joining us. Take care. Thanks for listening to Pushing Past Polite. 
we encourage you to go deeper in your trusted spaces and find new space for good conversation. You'll find episodes, transcripts, and lots of other goodies at our website, pushingpastpolitepodcast.com. You can also connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Pushing Past Polite. Pushing Past Polite is an independent podcast with Corey and Laura from Just Educators. Our cover art was designed by Rachel Welsh to Ega of Ega Designs, and our audio is produced by Keith at Headset Media. Until next time, don't get stuck talking about the weather. Push Past Polite. See you next time. Bye-bye. Jay, you did perfect.